Hi guys, so welcome to the Let's Talk Nigeria show with Nefe. And yes, it's it's me again. How are you guys doing this wonderful day? Um, I mean, I know the last episode we talked about the government's policy and plan to give out 8,000 Naira loans, which was ridiculous by the way. But I mean, we see how things have turned now and you know things have changed. But I really hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are staying good. I know I know that times are tough. I know that with um with with everything going on in the country purchasing power is down and it's just really tough but uh, i don't even know what to say but moving on to today's episode um, over the last couple of days and weeks there's been a lot happening in africa um which if you're current with the news you will know that there's been a coup in niger and um you know ECOWAS are threatening to come in there's been a lot of international voices and you know it's, it's bringing it's been raising a lot of questions in my head like um, why is why is this happening? You know, we've seen a lot of countries support the coup. We've seen a lot of countries go against it. We've seen African countries, you know, support it. Some have said, like for example, ECOWAS, which was aided, which is aided by our president, President Tinubu, has said they're going to intervene and is even declaring war against a country that has really done nothing to us. But it's what the president says, you know, and um, a lot of international voices. But well, that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. But I'm not going to be talking alone. All right, I won't be talking at all. I have somebody here who's going to. Who I mean, we had a conversation a couple of days ago, and he said some really, really interesting things as regards this topic. So I asked him to come on the podcast, and um, and he agreed. You know, um, this person is we we went to went to the same secondary school. So when I say went to the same secondary school, we're not classmates. So he's a senior man. I asked him a few moments ago what set he was, and when he told me, I just laughed because I remember um, a couple of years ago we had our secondary school annual general meeting for the alumni body. I remember I was, I was, I was, um, where I was working for that meeting was the registration. And the lady I worked with registering. And I just wanted to ask her, Ma, when did you go to our secondary school? At what set were you? I am 2009 set. And she told me she was 1993 set. I just started laughing. Now, the reason I was laughing was because I was born 1993. And yeah, I was the person that I was working with on that day who went to my secondary school graduated the year I was born and you know so I asked I asked Mr. Michael today what, what, what year did you finish I told me 1995 I just started laughing because I was still maybe still sucking breast when he was finishing secondary school well yeah I'll, I'll, I'll allow him introduce himself so over to you Mr. Michael just um, introduce yourself for the listeners okay hello everyone um Nefe, first of all thanks for having me on the program <clears throat> my name is Michael mm-hmm. um I'm a Nigerian um I work in Abuja although I live in Lagos so I'm, um, I'm, I'm pan-transic, let's put it that way. Okay. Um, I'm glad to be here because like uh, you've just said, we had a conversation in our general group about things going on in Africa and um, the issue with Niger came up. So um, like you said, you said you, you, you found my views interesting. Um, well, let's just leave it at that. I think, I don't know, let's see what your viewers would think, okay. but... Um, I'm one of those who, in this particular instance, believes that things should be done with moderation. We have a new president. Um, first, one of the first things he should do is to come in and start throwing hands, you know. Thank but you let's mean. let's wait for the conversation to start. Okay. So without wasting much time, uh, I think on the 26th of July, there was a coup in Niger. Um, and it's not new because f- this is like the sixth country in the last two years where there's been a, a successful quad. They are currently being ruled by military. What does this imply for Africa? You know, the fact that 
we are seeing military coups rising up. What does this imply? What do you think this implies for Africa? Well, I feel it implies discontent amongst the population. Okay. Um, if the government is doing well, the people will show. Um, quick one, case in point here with Niger. You see, when this coup was announced, there was no protest on the streets. There was actually jubilation. Hmm. And that's another thing. If the government that was overthrown was doing very was was actually working for the people and people could actually see that they were even attempting because when governments work when nobody expects a government to do everything perfectly but the fact that the government is attempting to make life better for its citizens will be noticed in the yeah. policies and in the actions of the government this total almost total support for this coup in Niger just goes to show that the people were against the, the democratic government there i'm not saying that that means it's a good thing that they should be overthrown. No. But you see, in Africa here, what the people or what we have come to understand is that via democratic means, actual democracy is a time-aged process. Mm. I mean, it takes one good leader to lead, to set the example for every other de a democratically elected leader after that to know that he's coming to actually work. But when you have people who get into power and believe that they are demigods and that they are there and because they are there, they know better than everybody else and they have to remain there forever, that's when you see discontent brewing up in every aspect of the, of the society. In this case, the military. And I think it's very pertinent to point out that the person that led the coup is the head of the presidential guard. Now, I'm pointing that out for a particular reason. It means that he's one of the most intimate people with the presidents of that country. Yeah. There were certain, certain conversations and meetings he was privy to or privy to be close to that others were not privy to. Mm. I'm not, I, I, do, I really do not believe the man decided to overthrow his boss because he was power drunk and said, hey, yeah, I want to be president. It's my turn. I don't believe that. Yeah. Well, I've not heard from him. He's, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's not a really young man. He's a 59-year-old man. Um, um, Abdul, Abdul Ramani Tiani, I believe is his name. Yeah. You know? And um, he has come out to say that the policies of the government were not citizen-friendly. That's one of the few comments he has made in the past few days. And that gives you an idea of where his mind is working. Mm. You know, and and um, um, I mean, you said something. You said something that when the government is working, people are happy. You know, because I I had to read about the Niger president, and there was so much drama leading up to his presidency. You know, he's it was almost like it's, it's almost like an illegitimate president. This is, I think, a few days to his inauguration. There was even an attempted coup to prevent inauguration from happening. That's to show that for a long time people have not really been happy, and even the process in which it got in, you know, it, it yes. was it was unconstitutional. So I think this has been, it, it looked like it has been coming. But but then again, I, I also read something saying that look, democracy has not really been practicing. We've not really been practicing democracy in Africa. What we just have is an oligarch, you know, masquerading yeah. in the form of democracy. It's like an oligarchy. Yeah, just pretending. There's no distribution of power. It's just some people seize power, you know, at the at, and, and you know equal among influential people and that's what has been going on in africa but the thing I'm, i have to say here is 
uh, do we think coup i mean having coups is that the way because we've seen it happen in nigeria you know the first coup in 19 the first coup with um, na, um kaduna the first coup that that brought in well the first yeah. coup and then the counter coup and then we saw that it led to a series of coups that's yeah, and which, well, that's part of the thing that led to the disparity the, the um uh, on ease before the civil war before the civil war yeah. exactly yeah, and we've seen cool, how cool. military people who come into power end up being worse than these civilian people that they, they claim to be fighting. So are coups really the way to go? I do not believe coups are the way to go. I believe coups are a means of protest against bad leadership for Africa. Now, I'm saying that not in support of coups, but in the view in which they are made. The view in which they are made is, hey, this person leading us right now is doing a terrible job. We don't think he's going to change his ways or his policies, or it's time for a new leader. There's some of these crews that have taken place and the leaders have been there for what my uh, grandfather used to call donkey years. <laughs> in Africa, it's only Africa you see leaders that will remain, want to remain in power. And some will tell you they're life presidents, some will tell you that you know, and some want to hand over to their children. See, yeah. the truth is, Africa is a blessed continent. But our resources, both human and mineral, mm. have been underutilized, have been ravaged and pillared and plundered by the Western world. Okay. And but that brings me. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, no go, go, on, ahead. go on, go on, go on. That brings me down to the colonial the colonial countries who colonized most of Africa. Some were colonized by the British, some were colonized by the French. In fact, in Africa you have you have different countries colonized by different yeah, different you know, colonial western worlds. Um, for this our discussion, let's talk about the French. Okay. But before before we talk about the Western world and colonial masters and all that, let me talk about let's 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 still talk home about ECOWAS. ECOWAS had threatened to, you know, combat. Although just yesterday the Senate said they didn't approve of, of um, the of of Tinubu's decision, you know. But what what, what do you, what what do you think about that initial decision of ECOWAS or Tinubu to you know to threat threatened people or the the, the the Niger Nigerians and threatening them to war. What do you think about that? Do you think it was called for? I, th I think I think either his first comments were taken out of context okay. or they were very naive. That's the first thing I'll, th I'll say. I think either his actual, because I've, I've, not, I've not seen a video of him saying this, okay. but I've read it. So I will, let me give him the benefit of the doubt and say they were taken out of context, context. But if that is not the case, then they were very naive. Because first of all, Let's take a look at his presidency. His presidency is how many months old? Very, then very three months. you're a first tenured president. And then you go to ECOWAS and then there's an election for the chair of ECOWAS. Hmm. I'm surprised, unless it was on a rotational basis, sorry, I've not been able to read up with that, hmm. and that it was Nigeria's turn to get the seat. I do not understand why they would give a first tenured president less than how many months old chair of ECOWAS. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Unless... Like I just said, it might have been rotational and it was Nigeria's turn again. But even then, you should, you, I, I would rather think for, for a continent like Africa, you need somebody with experience. Mm. Tenebu has been out of pol uh, for official politics for how many years since he was governor of Lagos State? Yes, he's remained a politician, 
uh, he's been kind of like a senior party leader and godfather kind of in Nigerian politics, but yeah. in official um, political office, he's been out for so many years. So it it just baffled me that he got he was elected president of Nigeria barely how many months he goes to ECOWAS meeting, bam, and you're making him chairman of ECOWAS. Now, that being said, like I said, I believe his comments were either taken out of contents or naive. And I say this for a reason. The reason being, in Nigeria here, we have a myriad of issues. Security is one of the largest issues that this incoming government has to tackle. There is insecurity in every part of Nigeria. The north, the south, the east, the west. Insecurity. The most common is what we now call um, banditry. banditry. Yes, that's the most common. It's everywhere. In fact, even down in the south, uh, it's basically kidnapping, but we still <laughs> call it banditry because of the way they operate. Now, this banditry is so bad that I was reading an article the other day. I believe it was in Vanguard, uh, an, an op-ed. And the author of this op-ed, I have to go look for it. The author of this op-ed said that insecurity is costing Nigeria, whereas the whole nation, not just Issa, no, the whole nation, that according to his studies, insecurity is costing us close to $3 billion in markets. That is inability for people to transport their goods to markets, inability for farmers to go to the farm and then get their crops and then transport. They, as it is right now, Nigeria is actually meant to be one of those exporting grains. But maybe you're aware that we're actually looking for grains from outside, from the Western world. Mm. Now, for someone, I remember just before uh, President Mahmoud Barry left office, he had asked the Ministry of Agriculture to pump so much money into boosting agricultural processes in Nigeria. So I will become a major exporter like we were back in the days in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Now, all that money was invested into certain farms, into certain regions. But because of this banditry now, a lot of those farms are dead. Now, it's not just banditry. Of course, the floods that happened due to the um, the um, opening of the dam last year yeah. had a lot of impact on it also. And yeah. also this year, there's going to be floods too. But I'm just saying... For the um, for the agricultural forecast for this year, it's not looking very good for Nigeria, especially so, when you consider so, so, that so with billions all of, these of issues, dollars. Why is it that this is what the president is choosing to focus on? Exactly, exactly. That's what I was saying. That we have so many. I, I just I just named insecurity. Yeah. Our economy is terrible. Economy. Look at the cost of. Look at what dollar is right now. I remember way back in 2013 or was it 2014, Nigeria was among the two fastest growing economies worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. We're number one, the largest economy in Africa. South Africa then was number two. We were number one. As it is right now, I, I, I'm even wary to even find out what number we are right now on that scale in Africa. Because we felt, we felt we've fallen so far backwards in so many areas of productivity. So a new government coming in, I believe the things you, you the things he campaigned on, that he was right. going to tackle. That's where you should focus you should on. Of. Yeah. Not focusing on because yes, it's very important. Don't get me wrong, Niger or Niger as you pronounce it, it's very important. And the fact that they, they, they have a stable 
economy and security presence in their nation, it impacts us totally. If there's insecurity there, it's going to rush across our borders. Of course, first of all, there's another study which I read um, some ones, but I should have gotten these um, information and names and dates next time. I shall come. I should come fully prepared for that. No, no problem. Um, which which said um, last year, I believe last year, sometime last year, sorry, two years ago, I remember reading it, and they said a lot of these bandits were from Niger, were from Chad, and sub-regions around us. Yeah. So the fact that insecurity was an issue in the country has already been affecting us. Yeah, it robs has us. Has already it been robs affecting us. Because us. they're just next-door neighbors. Yes. Now, the moment we decide or anyone around us decides to rock the boat a little bit and attempts a military intervention without being in total control of all the borders surrounding that country and ours. Because if you're fighting in there, people are going to try and escape, which means you're going to have refugees rushing in. And inside those refugees are going to be some of these fighters, some of these militants, some of these wannabe bandits. And to be fair, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's an unprovoked fight because it's not like they true it's not like they true stones at us. It's an unprovoked fight. Why do you want to go and fight exactly. with your neighbors that uh, are yeah. not fighting with you? ECOWAS wants to be seen as the the procurer or the defender of the democracy. Well well and good. But this, 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 such, this brings me such, to my um, this brings me to my the list. reasons why such okay. such such um such commissions are are, are started. The reasons why they exist. The reason why they exist, which is well, this is one of them. But you see, everything needs to be done with with the right timing. And first of all, you have to, you know, exhaust diplomatic means. The people just got new leaders. You've not spoken to the leaders. You've not found out why this happened. You've not even sent a, a first man team to go on ground and see what's going on. Are they harming the people? Are the citizens of the nation in jeopardy? Is the fact that there's a coup there going to affect our own security and our own border? These are questions you ask first. Yeah. You sent a security team out to do all this intelligence and gave you reports. Before you choose yes, your, your first point day, of action. Your first, day you can go, your first day you can go out and make a statement, oh, we condemn the coup. Yes, fine, because that's a democracy. And leave it at that. And then wait, get your security report and then come back and say, oh, fine. We've got the security reports. These are the pros of not doing anything right now. These are the cons. And then, as we are in a democracy, you don't just jump in and say you're going to um, activate military intervention because you still need your national assembly to give the go-ahead. Well, thank God, thank God, thank God, the Senate as I yesterday didn't give the go-ahead. I'm go very ahead. happy. I am mm. very happy that the Senate. Uh, my but own. My, my, what I hope is that they stick to their guns and um, they, they they stand their ground on this, yeah. because we know how these senators are. A little lobbying here and there, and everything has and changed. And then they might a few of them might switch sides and change. So this brings me to my next point, which I feel like we'll spend a lot of time here. Um, okay. the, the the fact that the West seems so invested, you know, the fact that Equus is so in, people have people are saying, oh, Tinubu is just doing the biddings of the West with all he's doing. I don't know about that. It's just stories here and there, analysis here and there. And people have asked questions like, why Niger? This is not the first country that's experiencing a, a coup. This is not the first country that is having. We've had a lot of illegitimate governments in Africa. 
ECOWAS didn't raise a okay. finger. The West didn't raise a finger. People have said always yeah. because France has a lot to France has a lot they are gaining from Niger with um, exploiting natural resources and all of mm. that. And then with this new government, they are saying no to this new people are saying no to all of that. So there's something behind, you know. And Tinubu is just um. doing their biddings, you know. And the question for Iona is why why the interest of the West? You know, we have why the interest of the West. Let's start with that. Okay, <clears throat> the West would always be politically correct by always telling you that they support democracy all over the world. The West is always trying to liberate somebody from something, whether real or imaginary. <laughs> Same way they try to liberate Iraqis from, from uh, Saddam Hussein. And Libya from Gaddafi. Uh, and Libya from Gaddafi. And we saw how both of those liberations turned out. Mm. The citizens of, that, of those countries regret ever allowing what they allowed happen. Especially the, the Libyans. The Libyans, yeah, true. Um, I, ha I had a friend, Nigerian boy actually, he's back in Nigeria now, who used to live in um, Libya during Gaddafi. And um, he painted a really cool picture of the man. You know, um, different from what we read about him in, uh, in, this, in the mainstream media and all. But mm. let's leave that for a side. Now, with Niger, the issue there is, yes, Europe is heavily invested in Niger for a few reasons. One, one of the first things that came out after this coup and, uh, was when they said, um, uh, when um, President Tinubu came out and said uh, they're going to have an intervention and all that. And then stories started coming out that, oh, one of the reasons is because uh, Macron and Tinubu were quite chummy. They became chummy during the former, the African... Um, finance uh, summit a few months ago and um, one of those reasons they said Macron must have reached out to him and some other African leaders is because apparently France gets a large portion of the uranium yeah. which powers their power plants which, operate, which they operate in their power plants from Niger I know Niger has a large um, uranium mine, deposits yeah deposits in now a strong, a weak France leads to a weak Europe, leads to a weaker Euro, leads to a whole bunch of economic collapses in various small, small countries all over. And it's not good for Europe as a whole. So um, one of the things which I also believe um, has or might be the reason why France would really want democracy restored back in Niger as soon as possible, apart from the uranium, which the um, coup leader said they will have to renegotiate. Mm. Um, apparently, um, I, I have a friend who um, works in these francophone countries. So he does, he has a company, a French company, which works in Cameroon, Togo, uh, and a few of these other companies. And he apparently says that France doesn't pay the international standard rates for most of the resources they get out of Africa. That's what he would, we had this conversation um, during the, I think just the day after this school. Mm. And because um, I asked him where he was, I, I felt maybe he might be there because he's always traveling amongst his for his, for his companies. He's one of those, like his supervisor. Okay. And um, he says, yes, that um, it's common knowledge that France doesn't pay standard international prices for the resources they get from Africa. 
and, and just to add, it's not just France. The the whole of the West they keep exploiting. Yeah, for this, no, just for, for, for this the purpose of this. Yes. I want to, yeah, I just want to keep it to the one that's consensus. Uh, and I, I, yes, and I've read up on this, and I've come to find out that that's pretty much true. There is um, there's this French um, what do you call it? There's this French is it a is, I don't know if I'm going to call it a law or the French monetary accords which France has with the Francophone countries. They have it with um, Benin, Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Guinea-Bissau, Mali, Niger, Senegal, Togo. They have an accord with all of them. It's actually called the Central African Monetary Community. Yeah, that's what they call it. It's like a bank. And in that accord, what it says is that these countries have, have are required by law to deposit 50% of their foreign exchange reserves in a special French treasury operating in France. For this, no this has been... No, this is actually a law. You can actually Google yeah, this. Yeah. It's, it's common knowledge. Now, if that is the case, just look at the figures we're talking about. Let us say the smallest of these economies is bringing in a billion dollars a year from wherever. In fact, let's make the math easier. Let's say they're bringing in two billion a year. So 50% of that two billion is one billion. Mm-hmm. So one billion from all these 11 or is it 14 African Francophone countries is transported every year into French Treasury Bank, controlled by the French. This is apart from the resources, natural resources that are taken out. With a loss, if one of these little um, countries that are on this accord, on this agreement, decides to break to break out and become totally independent. Mm. It's going to give the impetus for the rest to say, hey, come on, if small DJ can do this, uh, what are we waiting for? Why don't we? So it's in the interest of France to smash any, any kind of rebellion. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> to, be, but, rebellion. but to be fair, what's the purpose of that money they are collecting? To be very honest, see, I, I, I would I would send you a link to the speech made by the Af- the um, central is it the African ambassador to United Nations yeah. or the Central African ambassador to United Nations? There's a, um, the lady who gave a speech I think it was in 2015 and then was recalled from United Nations. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I think I've, I've come yeah. across that speech. Yeah, if you <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> if you listen to what she said then. She said that these laws that most of these francophone countries had signed with France were what were keeping them in penury. Yeah. And yeah. that do, and these were the things that were keeping the French economy booming at the place where it is today. Yeah. In fact, and there's there's a book I'm re- there's a book I'm reading now, and yesterday I saw in the book is a treaty there was a copy of a treaty that the united the united african company which was a british owned company at the time signed with a lot of local chiefs in nigeria and it was when i read it i was shouting like this is daylight robbery robbery like what they were giving these local chiefs to take out oil and palm and all of this from from nigeria it was like and this is why i, I keep saying what is the purpose of this colonial still being in bed? And I'm sure that's why they like to endorse a lot of these illegitimate presidents because they are in bed with these leaders. And I keep asking, yes. there's a question I've been asking for the past couple of days. What is the purpose of the Commonwealth? Why is Nigeria a member of the Commonwealth when we pay large large visa fees? Is a struggle. We can't travel to the UK 
easily. We are just we are common well to the whole, it's just like having all your house boys and putting them together and say being on one WhatsApp group. And every three years, come and play sports and we'll give awards to the best who, who runs the best who plays football. Because what's the purpose of the Commonwealth if there's no final, there's no benefit to Nigerians for being in Commonwealth apart from the exploitation that is still going on? Well, first of all, let's talk about the um, the negatives of being part of the Commonwealth. Okay. Um, first of all, colonial nations always have significant negative effects on their former colonies. That's one thing that history has proven. Um, there's rampant exploitation in every which way. Hmm. Um, there's another. There's a paper I was reading very recently. Uh, I don't want to call the name of the paper That's of right. the news at the newspaper. You know, it's one of these controversial newspapers. But you know, like they said, a broken clock is always right at least twice twice a day. Yeah. Now, this paper is not one of those I I read or take serious when it comes to certain news articles. But because I work in the oil and gas industry, and I've been in that for years, you know, it's something that my members of my family have been into, and I grew up in it. Um. I would tend to agree with a lot of what they said in that article. In that article, they said, among all the companies in Nigeria, Shell was the most powerful. I know when people hear that, they'll think, oh, Shell's the most powerful because it's oil and gas, uh, they export a lot of Nigeria's crude oil and that, that, that. No, that's not it. Shell, from the early onsets, understood that being powerful in Nigeria was not just about having the biggest account. Mm. It was about having the right people in the right place. Now, in most oil and gas related ministries and power state house in Nigeria, if Shell does not support your candidacy, you most, most nine out of ten times don't get that position. Mm. So if it's, it doesn't matter if you're going for the MD of NNPC or you're going for the um, executive secretary of uh, NMDPRA mm-hmm. or whatever, Shell has to have, either they give a go-ahead or they don't just go against your your nomination for that position. And when you get in, you pay back. The, the, the reason for that is influence. Yeah. So they have a lot of influence in the policies, the, if I tell you that the PIB that was held up for years <laughs> was held up for years because of Shell, I'm, I'm sure many people who listen to this will like, okay, yeah, they know about that. Yeah. But that's that, that's the reality. That's the reality. And there was a memo that was actually leaked about one of the executive directors of Shell actually talking about it in an email and telling her, the person she was corresponding with that this is what's going on and this is why they don't want this and this is when this is going to happen. And she gave dates and reasons why this will happen on that date and this will happen on that date and this will happen on that date. So, so I mean, with, with, all, with all that has happened, it brings me to my last question, which I'm hoping that you can, you know, you can answer in like two, three minutes so we can wrap this oh, up. Oh, sorry, okay. In, in, all that is asked, in all that is happening, I think... How important is it for Africa as a continent, for Nigeria, for Africa to rise up, to shake 
to shake this colonialism off our backs, to shake this influence away from how important is it for Africans to wake up? You know, somebody said ECOWAS is trying to truncate the rebirth of Africa. I, that, when I read that phrase, it stuck to my head. How is it important for Africa to rise against, to rise above all of this? Well, like everybody likes to repeat, Nigeria is the most populous black nation on earth. Hmm. Um, a strong Nigeria will lead to a strong Africa. And the funny enough, the reason why I say this is funny at the same time, but true. And this is it. <clears throat> Nigeria is taken or seen or perceived by most of Africa as one of the most corrupt nations in Africa. I'm not even going to talk mention world. Let me just leave it. Let's leave us local in Africa. Now, if Nigeria, with that perception, can come out strong and have institutions that work, have facilities and infrastructure that works and is of standard quality, both the institutions and the infrastructure and the amenities we have, that will send a signal to every other African nation that if they can do it, we can do it. It sounds funny to say that we're using us as like the example, so, okay, this is if Nigeria can do it. No, yeah, because we're bigger, we should be able to do it. But irrespective of our size, we have not been able to get even the basics right in many aspects. Don't get me wrong, I love this nation. Nigeria is a nation where, you know, you get an opportunity, you run with it. The market is not as well developed and as well taxed as other markets that would hamper your growth in whatever field you are developing in. So there's still a lot of room to make profits in Nigeria without being greedy. If you stay into within, within your, your brackets, you understand? So based on that, I would say if Nigeria can get it right, other, other African countries will take a cue and want to emulate what we're building on or what we've built. And that goes in terms of our leadership, in terms of our institutions. But can we do this we with all this Western influence? That's the final thing I want to know. Uh, um, the truth is, to be honest with you, I personally do not believe we can do it with the amount of Western influence that is instituted on our leaders and on our country. Um, quick question, quick quick thing. Let me just achieve this in now. Yeah. You'll be surprised that among the nominees for ministers that uh, President Tinubu has put out recently, one or two have been influenced by the Western world. Case in point, Dr. Ali Pate. He was just about to be appointed as the director of Gavi, which is basically run by Bill Gates. You understand? Yeah. And he had actually accepted the position and then when he found out that ah, he had an opportunity to become minister here, he decided to, oh no, let me let me come and work for my fatherland. Well, at least that's what they make it seem. Yes. I do not believe that is the case. Yeah. I believe that his nomination to the post of uh, director of Gavi was all part of a ploy to say, hey, if this guy could be could run this major institution why can't you make him minister in your country do you understand that's yeah. where i see it yeah 
Yeah. And, and honestly, I, you, people will say it's a conspiracy, but that's what I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, sorry, let me finish a round up quickly by saying Nigeria needs to stand up for itself. We and have Africa. so many resources. 90% of our resources in this country are not being utilized properly. They are not being mined or excavated, nor sold properly through official channels. If you know the amount of gold that's deposited in states like Zamfara and a lot of the northern states, they have so many different types of mineral resources in all these northern states. In fact, in lots of states in Nigeria, but I'm talking about northern states right now because they are the most underdeveloped, especially a state like Zamfara. People hear the name Zamfara and believe that, oh, it's a poor state, they don't have anything. No. They have gold, they have other natural resources. But you don't hear about those resources because they are being mined Illegal. under the table. Illegally, let's put it on the black market. I recently heard from a member of the um, security community, a security uh, institution who said that the banditry going on in those states are all to cover up so that official records, official investigations into what is being done in the states can't be held. Wow. That that's one of the reasons why these bandits actually are running around these states, acting like they run the states. And a lot of the leaders in these places are aware that that is the reason. Recently, one of the former governors of uh, one of those states um, vied for what they call it, um, Senate president, he vied for the seat of the Senate president. He didn't win, but he was formerly the governor of Zamfara. And I remember he was on channels, I believe, I believe it was channels, and Sheon asked him a few questions that, why do you believe after being governor of Zamfara that you have what it takes to be Senate president? And when I heard his response, I just said, well, in fact, it was something to be bold. Nigeria really does need people in position of authority that would actually think of the future and not just of today. There's so much potential in this country, so much potential. Yeah. The fact that we haven't had the working refinery in years is la is it's, it's not even laughable anymore. I would have said laughable, it's no, but it's not laughable. It's appalling. It's not laughable anymore. Come on. For how many years? It's appalling. You know the brains we have in this country. We don't need to get engineers from outside Nigeria to produce refineries. So trust me. Trust me. I had a I had a, a classmate in school those days whose dad, the reaction was really, whose dad used to come and repair NMPC. Um, 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 plants out in Kogi and the one other place. I remember then these guys were not formally educated in anything engineering. Mm. They were locally educated. As in, they would watch their dad repair these things and that's how they learned it. It was like an inbuilt skill. Yeah. Two young boys. They're very popular in, in, in Delta States. In Wari actually precisely. They did this thing for years. NPC, as of one time, used to get foreign engineers to come into the country to come and repair these plants until they discovered that these guys could actually do it. And they used to pay them top-notch. 
When they found out they didn't need to, they needed to fly engineers from Egypt to come and do it. That's when they started using these guys who were based in Nigeria. Mm. Those kind of people, lots of these people everywhere. I was watching a boy on um, on social media recently who redesigned a car. I can't remember what kind of car it was, but by the time this boy was finished with the car, it was a he was almost a Jiwa god. I don't know, it was almost. I didn't yeah. get it from scratch. Yeah. I have no, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that their brains, there are a lot of brains in our country, and one of the things that really kills our brains are our educational system. You know. I'll give I'll give myself an example. I always talk I always talk about this for my for my final year projects. I am my my project partner. We designed a device that would charge your phone using ice block and candle, and it worked. It actually, using ice block and candle, you could charge your phone with our device, and it actually worked. But what did my school do with it? They just packed it and kept it in the storeroom after our presentation, and that was the end. You know, I, did you I, patent it? No, I didn't patent it. Actually, it was just you need to do that. I still have to do that for people, for people who for people who live in cold areas like Antarctica. That yeah. would be a godsend. Yeah. You can I mean, actually market it to just that community in Russia in Antarctica. There's they have ice all year round. I still have the document, so it's something I would still look. Something I would look. You need to look into it. I would say this is how personally I just got the nation. I, the nation doesn't encourage you to actually chase dreams that are out of the box. Yeah, but you see, like. Um, like my like my, like my granddad would always say, it doesn't say it in like a big English show, but you say adversity always brings out something different and new mm. in people. So this kind of idea, because it's not a mainstream idea, I'm not sure anyone would say, oh wow, wonderful, come let me sponsor that, you know. But it is something that if you do independently, trust me, you could make a killing on that, and you'll be actually helping some people. Like I said, people who live in those regions. Really cool. There's yeah, some yeah. people who live in those regions who don't get normal electricity and they're using solar and auto power, whatever devices they have. So something like this will work there. That's true. You'll be, you, you, you'll be making money and you'll be actually attending to a, a, a desire or a need in a particular community. So it's something you should look into. Yeah, I mean, not that you're talking. We, we can't I'll, let, I'll, I'll go back to my the, documents. The people, of, the people of Nigeria have always been resilient undermining the kind of leaders we've had which have not encouraged the right sentiments in our psyche but we've pushed through regardless nigerians see uh, years ago i remember reading somewhere said nigerians are still among the happiest people on earth undermining our situation undermining what the, the, undermining the, the nonsense we see on a daily basis yeah yeah. We're still some of the happiest people. Yeah. We still manage to wait to know to find a way to put smiles on our faces to make things work for ourselves. Yeah. Look at no power. Power is I'm I'm sure I'm sure the population in Nigeria that actually get power regularly is less than 10 or 15 percent. This is a nation of 200 million plus people. Yeah. That number self. Allow, is, allow, is, is, allow me allow me allow me to quote you because we've actually overshot time so yeah but um, oh sorry okay yeah, okay, okay. yeah. A, lot, a lot has been said today and i'm sure that everybody listening would go back to think or go back to do some research like i always like to encourage everybody that listens to my podcast don't just take what i say you know go back and research um yeah. the exploitation of africa is a thing it's a real thing and what is happening in niger as long, although it might be a bad approach but i think it's time africa and africans and african leaders rise up enough of illegitimate leaders a lot of illegitimate exploitation of our 
resources africa needs to rise so mr michael thank you so much for your time thank you for thank you for having me yeah thank you for it's your been, it's for been your my mind. pleasure too yeah it's been amazing i'm sure everybody listening um enjoyed it and i'm happy you talked about the ministers because that's what i'm going to talk about in the next episode so if you're listening you don't want to miss the next episode because we'll be going into the ministerial list that our presidents um you know brought out a few a few days ago yeah but yeah thank you guys so much for listening lastly 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 um on the 27th of july of, of august is delta states 31st 31st anniversary well, it's a delta states anniversary and yes. um, I'm, I'm having a a get to a, a, a kind of a get together for deltans i would share the location and the details later so we could discuss and brainstorm so if you're deltan you're listening to this if it happens that it's happening in your city, please make time out and come through. But, uh, but I'll see how we can record the session and put it live on and put it on the on the podcast. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mr. Michael, again. God bless you thank guys. Thank you. And My God pleasure. Bless the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Oh, my-